we I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the International Moot Court Competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I now concede he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's January 19th, 2023. And fear not, my memory will not fail me. We are live streaming on Rumble and YouTube. Subscribe if you have not. And as you know, we've got a live postgame show after every show now over at rubinreport.locals.com. I really thought that was just like the perfect cold open. We're not even going to be heavy hitting on uh, old Joe today. But when I saw that video this morning, I was just like, it's just so perfect. Perfect. It's just so everything, the smugness, his dismissiveness to the guy asking the question. And then, of course, it all turns out to be lies. And as you guys know, although they rarely talk about in mainstream media, Joe Biden also had to uh, get out of running for president, I think, in 1988, when it turned out that he was plagiarizing speeches. But somehow he is the president of the United States these days, and uh, God help us all. Uh, anyway, we are going to be doing a little continuation of what we've been doing all week. Uh, you know, I've been hitting the uh, World Economic Forum clowns pretty, pretty hard. I was actually at a party last night, and a couple people came up to me and said, Dave, man, you, you're all in on this World Economic Forum thing. Like, are, are you a little afraid they're going to come get you? And I'm like, no, not really. Like, if we're at the point, where if you speak poorly about the World Economic Forum stooges and they literally can come get you, whatever that means, then we've lost already. So we may as well be all in on this thing, right? So we're just gonna keep going. And I think what we're gonna try to do for you today, cause you know, I like laying out a case. What we're gonna try to do today is we will get to a whole bunch of stuff that's happening at the World Economic Forum and some actual journalism, believe it or not. There are actual real live journalists that have shown up to the World Economic Forum and, and are asking these people actual questions. Uh, they're not journalists from say the New York Times or Washington Post or CNN or anything else. They're mostly independent journalists and journalists uh, from the Rebel. You guys might know the Rebel up in Canada. That's Ezra Levant who I've had on the show many times, Avi Yemeni who's been on the show, a bunch of other guys. And there's some other independent journalists out there that are doing the work of actual journalists, like actually asking the people in power what the story is. So what I'm gonna try to do for you today is we'll get to that stuff, the World Economic Forum stuff, but I wanna start with some domestic stuff going on right here and how these things are connected because they really are connected. That is the plan and before we do it, I don't want you to be nauseous while you're watching the show, so let's talk about Relief Band. You know, is inflation, thanks to Joe Biden, making you nauseous? Well, you've gotta check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the FDA's number one cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, watching videos from the World Economic Forum, and so much more. Whether you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. It's like the name says, Relief Band's legitimately a band that you wear on your wrist that gives you relief from nausea and you can change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. That means no more nausea pills that make you groggy and exhausted. Relief Band's 100% drug-free and non-drowsy, plus they've got an A-plus Better Bureau, Business Bureau rating uh, and over 100,000 satisfied customers. 
so they're a brand you can trust. And now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a relief band. So if you got those accounts refilled, put that money to good use and fix your nausea problem for good. I use my relief band when I'm driving the kids for peace of mind. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. We've got an offer just for Ruben Report listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and you use promo code Ruben, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day guarantee. That's reliefband.com. Use promo code Ruben for 20% off plus free shipping. That's a lot of talking, people. Okay, here we go. So let's get to the domestic part of this puzzle that I'm always talking about. There's a puzzle we're trying to put together. The puzzle includes pieces that are outright lies. The puzzle includes pieces that are censored bits of information that only leak out every now and again, usually too late for anyone to do anything. The puzzle includes these ridiculous clown politicians who lie about everything. The puzzle includes media, members of the media who lie about everything, people who obfuscate the truth and all of that stuff. So we're gonna show you, we have to do it. Do we have the warning for the people? Content advisory warning, what you're about to see is pure bullshit. That's right, we're showing you a clip from The View. I apologize in advance. Eric Swalwell, who is a congressman in Cali, Northern Cali, he is a really not a good person. Uh, he has had relations with a Chinese spy. We know this for a fact. It has been told from the FBI to Kevin McCarthy. We'll get to more on that in just a second. Uh, he went on The View yesterday. Uh, to talk about Joe Biden and these documents, these classified documents that are now leaking out all over the place, Joe Biden's home, the Biden U Penn Center, they're in the garage, turns out Hunter rented the house, the Corvette, the whole thing, it's very weird. Anyway, Swalwell, again, who has been compromised by a Chinese spy, we'll have evidence in just a moment, uh, went on The View to talk about what's going on. Lawyers for President Biden found more classified uh, documents at his home in Delaware. A special counsel has already been assigned to the case, but how serious is this matter to you and how serious of a problem is this for the president? Well, anytime classified materials are outside of what's called a secure classified, secure compartmentalized information facility, SCIF is like the Washington insider term, that's a problem. Uh, and so I think this case, and, and special counsel I think is absolutely appropriate, this case will hinge on his knowledge and intent. Mm -hmm. It looks like once he was aware of this, he did what I hope everyone would do, which yeah. was get the documents yeah. back to the government, yeah. cooperate in every meaningful way. I know it's natural to compare this to what the former president mm -hmm. has done, where it looks like he wanted to keep the documents and is litigating that and fighting in the courts. What worries me with President Trump is that somebody who was willing to leverage $350 million of taxpayer money to get dirt on his opponent as he did with the Ukrainians, yeah. if he has top secret documents in his possession, that he could leverage that for his own benefit. That's but again, yeah. I think treat them both the same. Yeah. Give independent analysis and you independent gotta, scrutiny and see it. where it goes. Why are they so yeah. careless with all of this? I mean, are we gonna find stuff that Clinton left and that Nixon left and that <laughs> Kennedy left yeah. and my favorite Eisenhower tweet on and this. FDR and yeah. my favorite George tweet was Washington. that Everyone's a suspect Jimmy now. Carter is searching his residence, hoping he'll find <laughs> Classified documents. Well, everyone seems to be, a, you know, a suspect. So you guys know I like to give the devil his due. So before I rip Swalwell apart, let's give him the stuff that he was legit on, that he said you should look into both cases. Okay, so I'll give him that. Uh, he said that he's fine with the idea of a special counsel looking into Joe Biden. So, okay, that's pretty good. Uh, where he starts getting confused, and here's where some of the legalese, uh, and this is where lawyers are going to have to step in and Biden's going to have lawyers as Trump has lawyers and it's going to start getting messy. He talks about Biden's knowledge and intent, meaning that when they found out about this, as far as we know, or at least the way Biden's team is spinning it, once they found out about it, that they, they did the right thing. They, they told the agencies, the FBI, whoever it was, the intelligence agencies, hey, we've got these docs, you got to deal with it. Now, I don't see how that gets you off the hook. Uh, these are, if these are classified documents, classified documents mean they have some information that is seriously important, or we, we are told to believe that it is seriously important information. And Biden just had these things, not only at the UPenn Center, but in his clearly unsecured garage, right? Like the house is nothing spectacular. Uh, the, the, the crackhead son was renting the house for an obscene amount of money. It had to do with, we know the documents had to do with Russia and Ukraine and Iran, his son, the crackhead, was also working for a Ukrainian energy company. Like, there's a lot of weirdness here. So his knowledge, like, I do believe, I've said this from the beginning, and I really do believe this, I don't think Joe Biden himself 
knew that there were classified documents bouncing around these places. I don't think so, right? He probably did not. He doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know where his shoes are. This is not a man that they would let hold a phone, right? So I don't think he really knows. Uh, but the intent is sort of a moot point because somebody is going to have to take the fall here. You could say, well, Joe Biden didn't have any intent to do this. Okay, well, somebody did it. So that's why I keep saying they are going to either take out Biden, this thing will escalate to the point where Biden will have to be taken out, or they will have to throw somebody under the bus. And whether that's literally a moving guy or a house manager or somebody, somebody is going down because of this. Uh, anyway, they continued. So I'm, I'm giving Swalwell a little bit of credit there. It was a roughly honest assessment. Although at the end there, he said that Donald Trump leveraged $350 million of taxpayer money uh, to look up something, Ukraine, something, something. What the high hell is he talking about? If, he, if he's talking about the Steele dossier that Hillary funded, that kind of thing, uh, maybe there's something there. But I have literally no idea what he's talking about. No idea what he's talking about. Here's uh, Joy Behar's uh, insightful thoughts on Kevin McCarthy, because Kevin McCarthy is going after Swalwell quite intensely because he has had relations with the Chinese spy. Coming because yeah. Kevin McCarthy yeah. has no soul. Yeah. He has no yeah. ethics. He has no morals. He has no spine. I don't know. He's a shell of a human being, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. yeah. He crawled to get this position, which he could lose like that. First off, Joy, saying that politicians have no soul, that's what I say. Okay, so don't steal my lines. That's number one, okay? Uh, that's number one. Number two, he crawled to get the position. I mean, they fought it out. They fought it out. The Republicans actually did something good. They had a couple days worth of public and private fight where you could see tension within the party, the sort of Trump wing versus the more establishment wing and the people who wanna do more investigations versus the people that are a little more swampy. They worked it out, they got concessions. It's good, that's what makes a healthy party when people can fight things out. One of the many problems with the Democrat party is that they don't fight these things out. Like you could say all you want about what rebels AOC and Ilhan Omar and the other Islamists and the other one are, uh, but they fall in line, right? They end up doing what Pelosi wants because they're not brave and they're not leaders. So the Republicans, you got to give a lot of credit to people like Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and everything else. Yes, McCarthy's still the head. And I personally, I think he's a decent dude and I think he's starting to show teeth. I think they're starting to actually do the right thing. And it's partly because of that fight. So, so Joy's comments are, are just sort of completely ridiculous. Uh, but Swalwell is, uh, is making the rounds. And the reason he's making the rounds is because they know they've got something on Swalwell because a year and a half ago, literally on my show, and it wasn't the first time McCarthy had talked about it, but it was the first time he had, I think in an extended way talked about it, has said that the FBI knows that Swalwell had relations with a Chinese spy who was staffing interns and other things at his office. So what does the machine do? When you're a Democrat and they know they basically got you, what does the machine do? It puts you on all the TV shows to show how you're the victim. You have to be the victim in this thing because as you guys know, victimhood is the highest pinnacle of the hierarchy of lunacy that these people operate on. Here is Swalwell blaming McCarthy because people are saying mean things to him now. You were stripped of your committees, um, why? Well, political vengeance. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy uh, seems to wanna heat up the leftovers of a story that goes back to Barack Obama's first term. FBI has said three different times in a rare form, they never talk about investigations, that all I did was help them, never suspected of wrongdoing. Today, the Washington Post fact checker, Glenn Kessler, put out a story uh, giving McCarthy four Pinocchios for his claims. But the consequence of his claims is just is not just that I'm not on the committee and he's weaponized the Intelligence Committee. It's that it inspires these death threats. People parrot what Kevin McCarthy is saying when they call and make the threats. And so he knows that, we, we've told this to him. I, I have told this to him. I have you know, publicly broadcast to him that when you do this, it, it leads to threats to me, my wife, our kids. Mm -hmm. Recently, someone said that they were gonna uh, rape and kill uh, my children. Uh, and, and they were using the language that Kevin McCarthy was using. So there is a cost. Uh, the guy who wanted to rape and kill his children was using Kevin McCarthy's language. Kevin McCarthy wants to rape and kill Swalwell's children. Okay, so what he's trying to do there is be the victim, right? So he doesn't get into the details about the affair with this Chinese woman, this Chinese spy, Fang Fang, who then 
there are many photographs of them together and everything else. But I'll tell you how you know. We're gonna, we're gonna show you McCarthy's comments on it in just a second. But the reason you know the story is true, and I'll gladly, if they can somehow prove that it is not true, I'll gladly retract it. I'll retract it and I'll, I'll say, hey, boy, McCarthy lied to my face. You show me that it's not true, that Swalwell was operating with this Chinese spy, then I would have great reason to go after McCarthy because he sat in my house and told me that he did. Now, I'm gonna show you that video in just a second. I know you've seen it a couple times. But the reason that I believe you know it is true is because nobody in the media until now was talking about it. So a year and a half ago, when the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, was talking about it, you would imagine that the media might be interested in that. The media might be interested in going, boy, that, that's interesting that a House member is saying another House member was with the Chinese spy. You might wanna cover that, or, now the media wouldn't wanna do that because they like the Democrats, but wouldn't you do it to take out McCarthy? Right now, if they knew it was not true and McCarthy's been running around spreading this crazy rumor about Eric Swalwell's relation with the Chinese spy, wouldn't the media do their darndest to expose the hell out of it? They would, on TV, every day, you would have all the videos, including the video of my show, where he's saying that the FBI told him that, he's ha that Swalwell's having relations with the spy, just so you could take out McCarthy. The fact that they've ignored it this whole time actually is the proof. So here's McCarthy in his own words, and you can decide whether McCarthy is an absolute liar or whether Swalwell is a liar. But the fact that the media buried it for a year and a half pretty much tells you what the answer is. Didn't Swalwell sleep with the Chinese spy or something? I mean, yes. Why? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, what we know publicly, a Chinese spy, and also remember, Senator Feinstein, we found out later, the driver of more than 10 years was a Chinese spy in Silicon Valley. They've been in pictures together. This woman, a Chinese spy, creates a relationship with Swalwell when he's in the city council. He runs for Congress. She helps. She puts interns in his office. Do you know how difficult it is to get on the Intel Committee? When Swalwell was put on the Intel Committee, they were in the minority, so they had fewer seats. He was a sophomore getting put on the Intel Committee? He's kept on the Intel Committee. Now you know this. You put him on, you did not know. Now you know as a leader. Okay, if Swalwell was in the private sector, he could not get a security clearance because he had a relationship with a spy. But only in America can he be given the intel committee where he knows all the secrets. But there's 200 other Democrats who are qualified to be on that slot, and she keeps appointing. What I know with what the FBI told me, he should never be on intel. And Pelosi reappointed him to intel. I don't understand this. Did you, have you said this to her? Yes. But this is worse. I brought a motion to the floor to remove him from intel, put another Democrat on. The Democrats all defended. So do you see why I'm saying this story has to be true? That is a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, you've got McCarthy saying that not only was, did the FBI tell him that Swalwell is having these relations with the Chinese spy who helped staff his office, but also that Dianne Feinstein from California, that she had a driver for 10 years who was a Chinese spy, and that Nancy Pelosi knew it. Those are seriously high-level accusations. So if they were lies, if they were completely made up, would the mainstream media be being quiet about it? Quiet about it, right? Of course they wouldn't. They would be using the lies, the obvious lies. They would get all their FBI people out there and 27 FBI agents and intelligence people signed a document saying that McCarthy's a liar. Uh, but they haven't done any of that. They have buried the story. And now, now that McCarthy is in charge, McCarthy did the right thing. Of course you're gonna take Swalwell off the intelligence community, uh, the intelligence committee. Of course you're gonna do that, absolutely. So Swalwell, who is having whatever these relations are, has had whatever relations he's had with this Chinese spy, uh, what does he think the real threat to U.S. national security is? It's not Chinese spies in our Congress people's office. It's, well, of course, the Republicans. What you're seeing here is a party that barely won the House, lost the Senate. Kevin McCarthy took 15 votes, you know, to become speaker. He doesn't have political capital. He has a political deficit. He's not delivering on inflation, gas, grocery costs, health care, border, crime, all the things he told the voters he would deliver on. They have created a law firm, Insurrection LLC, and they're just going to carry out Donald Trump's grievances. Talk about not reading the room or the country. You got to understand this. He's on The View. 
He's on CNN, he's on MSNBC, he's a victim, Kevin McCarthy's coming after me, right? All this stuff. And then every, he, there were several lies in there. First off, the Republicans didn't lose the Senate. The Republicans didn't have the Senate. So they didn't just lose the Senate, they did win the House, but they didn't lose the Senate. That's number one. And then he's saying, well, well the Republicans aren't uh, delivering on inflation, gas, border, crime, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the guy just got the job a week ago, about 10 days ago, and they actually are starting to do a whole bunch of stuff and it is your guy, if you're upset, Eric Swalwell, about inflation, gas, border, crime, uh, it's your guy, mentally compromised Joe Biden that's in charge of the country right now, right? It's your team that has the Senate. It's your team that had the Congress. So you're a very upset that in seven days, Kevin McCarthy hasn't done absolutely everything possible. And then of course, you know, that, that in essence, half the country's a bunch, a bunch of insurrectionists. So he can say that about us all the time, right? We're all a bunch of insurrectionists. We're a bunch of white supremacists and we hate, and this guy's just, if you, if you look at this guy's Twitter, I mean, he says the worst things constantly about half the country. So somehow when he gets a death threat uh, and somebody wants to, somebody says they want to do something horrible to his child, that's Kevin McCarthy's fault. But when he says all these horrible things about us, I mean, the, the, it's this thing with irony and double standards, you guys get it. Uh, so who is the real threat? Is that the January 6th insurrectionists who didn't bring any weapons and had no plans or anything like that? Or is it, uh, say, Congress people with, involved with Chinese spies? Is it the people who misplace or don't know what the hell they're doing with classified documents? And how is this all related to everything I've been talking about all, all week with the World Economic Forum? Well, it's all related of course, to national security and our ability to be an actual independent nation, which is the complete reverse of what the people at the World Economic Forum want us to be. Uh, so one of the other things happening right now is that it is very bizarre, but the truth is a slow motion pill. It's a time-released pill these days. So what's happening right now on mainstream media is they're finally starting to catch on that something might be brewing with this Biden scandal, okay? The Biden scandal is all over the place because not only is it about these classified documents, but also that at, as he was vice president, that Hunter was getting jobs with the Ukrainians that he didn't, uh, wasn't qualified for, and that Biden might have been compromised himself. So here's a little bit uh, from CNN, from CNN, believe it or not, on that. A CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. One example, the Republican site, Miguel Aleman Magnani, a Mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Aleman Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alemani Magnani of the favors he's done for him. We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the vice president's house and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold. I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. No shit, Sherlock, uh, because whoever was selling you the crack probably wouldn't have marked it up, but they mark up crack for a Biden. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard on the street. Um, so you see, something's happening here. Something's happening here. All of us that have been talking about this level of corruption and obviously something involving his son and Burisma and the laptop, something's going on now where it's reaching mainstream. That may just be because they feel that the machine just feels we're done with Biden. He got us, he beat Trump, got us through the midterms. We got to get rid of this guy now. He served his purpose and he is the ultimate type of swamp creature, right? He has been in public office for I think 48 years at this point and now they're ready to put him out to pasture. But it's not just his relationship with Hunter Biden that's the problem here. Even his own brother, his Joe Biden's brother's business dealings are related to Joe and the family name and all that stuff. Joe Biden's brothers have repeatedly referenced him in their private dealings. Frank Biden, a developer of for-profit charter schools, has invoked his brother in trying to convince local officials to approve his projects, like in Sunrise, Florida, where he told the city in 2015 to trust his venture. Not because of Frank, but because of the honor of being the brother of a guy I think we all 
know and love. In 2021, at a gathering of medical professionals, he made this pledge. The bully pulpits that I have as a result of the privilege of being associated with, with my brother Joey. And I'll do everything in my power to support you to get the job done, to get federal dollars to your research. Oh, the president's brother was going to do everything he could to get federal dollars for people that were connected to him through business? Does that sound like it might be some sort of shady thing? Do you think if that certain orange man's brother had done that sort of thing that people might be looking into that? Do you think that if the orange man's son was a crack addict that people might be looking into that? Do you think there might be something here? I think you think what I'm thinking. And it's something. There's something here indeed. Uh, the best part of that is that his brother, Frank, I did not know this until we played that video. Uh, his brother, Frank, uh, does for-profit charter schools, which is something that the Democrats hate, right? The Democrats love public schools, shitty ass, going to make your child stupid public schools. They hate charter schools. They hate private schools. Well, they hate them uh, not for their own children. They hate them for your children. That's the difference. Anyway, very interesting. Uh, but this thing is blowing up all over the place. And again, you are now going to see as we're doing the dance throughout the show today, how we are linking this to the World Economic Forum, a deeply compromised American administration, clearly, and the media that can, is running out of room to cover for it, right? That, the only reason CNN, Times, and these things, they only finally get to the answer when they have absolutely no choice because the truth, the truth actually cannot be stopped. The truth is just out there and eventually it does burst forth one way or another, thank God. Uh, so as this is all coming out, uh, people are starting to ask other politicians about what's going on. One of the politicians, I don't know if you've heard about this guy, we've got this guy down in Florida, Ron DeSantis, who's doing a fine job. Uh, he was asked about what's going on with Joe Biden and actually his, uh, his team just released a new Instagram account. It's called, uh, is it Team Ron DeSantis? Uh, sorry, no, it's uh, DeSantis War Room. Uh, and they put this video up. This is DeSantis being asked about the Biden doc scandal. Uh, Governor, I uh, wanted to find out, wanted to get your thoughts on, not necessarily related to this, but um, obviously we're hearing in the news about the documents that's going on with uh, President Biden. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Oh, so the question's about uh, Biden's documents. And... Um, you know, look, he said that it was incredibly reckless to have classified. He said all this stuff, you know, on 60 Minutes. And, um, you know, now you find out he had him stashed behind his Corvette at his house that Hunter had access to, which is definitely a security risk in my book. And so I think it just shows you, um, you know, the, the, what, what some of these folks do. You know, they had all this stuff to say. Now they're acting like, you know, this, this is something like it's not a big deal. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You can't have two different sets of rules based on your political party. You can't, even though the mainstream would love that we do, right? They always have two sets of rules. So everything DeSantis said there was right, right? Like obviously the garage was not secure. Biden said the complete reverse when this was about Trump and the incompetence of Trump to do this and all that. Of course, as you guys know, the president does have a right to declassify documents. The vice president, which is what Joe Biden was at the time of these docs, does not have to do that. Uh, but as long as we're in Florida for a second, grant me a little bit of a leash here. And uh, DeSantis continued to talk about some of the great things that are happening right here in the independent, free, autonomous state known as Florida. We're going to do more uh, tax relief in the upcoming legislative session. I've mentioned some of this stuff in the fall about how we're going to make basically raising kids tax free. No tax on diapers, wipes, children's clothes, uh, strollers, cribs, none of that stuff going to be too late for me and my and my wife and our kids. They're getting, you know, five, four and, and two now. But for for younger families, be able to do it. It's going to be really, really important because, again, those are things you just have to buy. You got to buy the diapers. You got to buy these things. So that's going to save families uh, a lot of money. You know, we may even say no tax on gas stoves coming up this year. We'll do that. That's fine with me. I want you to be able to have a choice. It really is so great. First off, I'd like to personally thank the governor because as a parent of two young children, there's a lot of diapers in this house and I guess we'll be saving a little money on diapers. Unfortunately, we bought all the cribs and strollers already, so we got stuck on that one, but okay, fine. 
Uh, but the thing there at the end about the gas stoves, it's like he's just responding to the lunacy of these people. And now if you want to buy a gas stove in Florida, it'll be a little bit cheaper. So how am I linking this all? Okay, we've got the incompetence of the administration, the people like Swalwell who cover up for it, and the media who covers up for them. Uh, and then you sh we were showing you some competent people, right? Some people that are actually telling you the truth and who are doing good work on the ground. How am I linking that to the World Economic Forum and everything else? I think you'll start seeing what we're doing here. In essence, what they fear most is the individual. What they fear most are elected officials and, and you and me, regular people, who will stand up against them and do the right thing. And that is what's happening right here. So when you get a guy who's doing the right thing, what does the machine do? The machine brings on a bunch of hacks to try to take that person out. So here is Democrat activist Jake Tapper on CNN, and he brought on Maryland Governor Larry Hogan. Now, Larry Hogan is, uh, if you listen to the mainstream media, if you listen to the corporate press, I know you guys don't, but if you listen to them, this is one of the guys that they really think will be a great Republican. And anytime that the mainstream media tells you that a Republican is great and he's gonna be the guy and all that stuff, that means he's nothing, right? Liz Cheney, think of this guy as sort of a Liz Cheney. There are no Republicans that like him, so he gets on CNN all the time. So here is former Maryland governor Larry Hogan on Democrat activist Jake Tapper's show on fake news CNN going after Ron DeSantis. Governor Ron DeSantis is often cited by conservative Republicans as somebody they might want to see run for president. You've called him an important voice, one of the important voices for the party. Uh, do you think he would be good at what you're talking about in terms of reaching out to people in the middle? Well, he hasn't done it so far. I mean, he's done a really good job of uh, getting on Fox News and he's capturing a lot of attention, but he certainly hasn't done it the way Charlie Baker and Phil Scott and I have. I, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we're a, consistently the most uh, highest job approval in the country, and I think DeSantis is down around 30th place among governors. Is that because he's too focused on the base, too focused on red meat issues? Well, I just I, think that he, he is focused on the base and he's, he's doing pretty well with the base, but uh, he's gonna have to figure out a way if he, if he wants to have a, a political future beyond Florida to appeal. I mean, it's so extraordinary. Once you see, as I always say, like once you see it, you can never unsee it. So you need to understand, Larry Hogan's running for president. He has literally no support. He'll be in and out over, overnight, but the media will prop him up because he'll go after the guy that's the real threat. I bet he sits there with a straight face and, oh, and I'm the guy, me and Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Baker, I was gonna say Charlie Parker, the great jazz musician. We're the guys that are the crossover people, okay? It's so patently ridiculous. And just on its face, Ron DeSantis just won in perhaps the biggest landslide, one of the biggest landslides in American political history. He took a state that was very, very purple because it was always flipping between red and blue. And now they have super majorities, the Republicans. He won by 20 points. There, he turned uh, districts like Miami-Dade red when they are the bluest blue strongholds ever. He has all of the independents. He has all of the new refugees. You don't even have to hear me say that. Just look at the numbers. These people didn't appear out of nowhere. On top of the fact that I can tell you as, as someone that's been here for a year, I go all over this state. I do tons of events everywhere. I have talked to hundreds, if not thousands of people who are telling me that they are former Democrats who are now here because of freedom, thanks to what Ron DeSantis is doing. I, myself, am a first time registered Republican because of Ron DeSantis and what the good people of Florida have been doing. So you need to just understand, the reason I'm showing you that is that's what they do. When you get someone who will stand up for America, who will stand up for the constitution, who will stand up for your right to live as you see fit, the machine, CNN, Jake Tapper, Larry Hogan, all of the hacks will come out of nowhere and try to take them out. This guy has no support. Charlie Baker has no support. But the machine, just like they did with Liz Cheney, who then lost by 40 points to Harriet Hageman, right? But they loved her and her January 6th commission and all of that stuff. So that's why they're trying to take this guy out because what the machine wants to do is they want to take out anyone who's a threat to the globalist order. That is absolutely the truth and the Democrats and the media are in it with them. So now let's get to the World Economic Forum and what's going on over there. These people, they are meeting, they are eating filet mignon and foie gras and all of this fancy stuff while saying you're not going to eat meat. They're flying in their private jets and a whole bunch more. Uh, here is 
uh, Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla. This is a man who has lied about everything for the last three years, efficacy of vaccines, uh, had, had pushed mandates. He has been connected to all of the governments that did all of the bad stuff. Uh, but here he is talking about how the vaccines, uh, there was skepticism around the vaccines because everything became politicized. The first year of the pandemic, we produced 3 billion doses of a vaccine that we never had manufactured before. But if you ask me what was the biggest challenge, I think it was the political challenge. I think the vaccines, the COVID, and the ability to deliver or not vaccines, and then after we deliver the ability to use them or not, became severely politicized and became a political statement if you are wearing a mask or not. Became a political statement if you believe we will have a vaccine or not. And after we had the vaccine, it became a political statement if you believe it works or not. And then we went to more extremes, if you believe that COVID existed or not. All of these were constantly on our way. And you know, I'm a businessman, I'm a scientist, I'm not a politician. To be, and the same is the same for all of my peers, right? The, 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 the head of Moderna, the head of J&J, the head of AstraZeneca, that they were trying to do the same. And that we found it the most challenging of all the tasks. And that continued after the vaccine, as you know. Um, governments, everybody was scared at that time. You see how you, the individual, are the biggest problem for these people? You are the cog in the machine that they don't like, right? You, because you make things politicized. When they try to inject you with things and you say, I would prefer not to be injected with your thing, they don't like that. I would prefer to leave my house every now and again. They don't like that. I'd prefer to go to grandma's funeral. They don't like that. So things became politicized. I don't want to wear a chin napkin on my face all day. They don't like that. So do you see what they try to do? It all became politicized. I'm a businessman. I'm a scientist. Now, he never references the fact that the vaccines don't work or anything else uh, because that would be a problem. We should have just bowed to him. But us, the peons, using our powers of politicization, uh, we are the true bad guys in this. Uh, let's flash back because here is Pfizer CEO Albert Borla in February of 2021 telling Lester Holt on NBC uh, that the vaccine protects against transmission. He's a little confused. And as we know, uh, it did not turn out to be true. Doctor, people get these vaccinations with obviously the hope that they won't die from this disease and they won't get horribly sick, but they also want a sense of freedom. And, and right now we're being told you got to still wear the mask because of the possibility you could still infect others. What do the data show you? Uh, is it likely that you could still infect others even after two doses? Again, it's something that needs to be confirmed. And the real world data that you are getting from Israel and other studies will help us understand this better. I think it is uh, I'm almost certain, but the data needs to, to provide that, that there will be a high degree of protection against transmission as well. But there are a lot of indications right now that uh, are telling us that there is uh, uh, a protection against uh, transmission. No liar, fraud, criminal. Uh, it did not stop transmission. And in many cases, it now seems that people who are vaxxed are getting COVID even more. And in some cases, it seems like vaxxed people are getting sicker even more. So that was basically a year ago right now. It was February of 2021. Lying, just lying. And, and you can see it there at the end. He didn't even have the data yet, but I, I feel pretty good about what's going to happen here. And it was all a lie. But what was also a lie is the way they sold it all in the first place. So we've shown you some versions of compilations like this a couple times before. Here's just a general compilation of people lying about what the vaccine was going to do. During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines. And, and that vaccine, a uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus, the virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Fully vaccinated people 
are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. So we could have played that all day long. You know, there's a million versions of that. Note that none of those people were fired. Nobody's been taken into a room and smacked on the wrist. Nothing has happened to any of these people. Phoenix just reminded me when we went to the, uh, the Capitol about two months ago, right after the election, we actually literally walked past Walensky in the hall. Like my, our arms almost touched. And I'm telling you, she comes off like an alien. There was something about her body that was like, remember in uh, uh, Men in Black, when the, when the alien rips the guy's body open and lives inside him, like the cockroach man, like that she, I think she might be, well, all I'm saying is I think they might've taken out the actual Walensky, uh, some sort of alien, ripped her soul out, and now there's an alien living in her body. I, I, I'm just saying that's possible. Misinformation according to YouTube. Uh, anyway, the point is they lied about everything. This shit does not work. It basically never worked. They probably knew it the entire time, but what happens? You don't get fired. You just keep sending more nonsense out to the rest of us. So now here's Borla yesterday at the WEF and they're making more vaccines. And this time they're going to include the flu in it. Yeah. Where are you in developing? Because I know, I think that's what you originally were doing with Viantech. You were yes. developing mRNA for flu. Where yeah. are you on a flu vaccine based on mRNA? Oh, the studies are running. They have completely recruited. We are waiting for cases as they accumulate. It means that people have been vaccinated. Placebo vaccine. And now the disease, some of them will get disease. And then we are waiting to unblind the data to see what is coming. I think we'll come in the, this year, in 23. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, you can't guarantee a timeline depending on the clinical trials. No, because you... Guess what would you think? Uh, I think uh, by the first half of the year, maybe. First half of the year. Yeah, June, July. Wow. And, and so, are, how far are we away from one vaccine that's both COVID and flu together? First, we need to have a flu. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if we have a flu, already we started uh, uh, experiments to combine the two. Uh, so that we don't lose time again. Uh, I think we'll come more or less all together if it is successful. If there was any justice in this world, that journalist from Bloomberg, that's what the, the step and repeat behind him said, uh, that journalist should be fired immediately. That's not, that's not the, a journalist. A journalist would have looked that guy in the eye and said, hey, your shit doesn't work. He wouldn't have been like, oh, your COVID vaccines, that's really great. Can you get us a flu vaccine too? He would have been like, hey, but you promised us all this stuff and it didn't work. Like, like it's just extraordinary. And that this guy can sit there with a straight face knowing that the COVID vaccine failed and now they want a super vaccine for flu and COVID. We are at the beginning of I Am Legend, people, and all of them are gonna turn into zombies. So we're gonna have zombies wandering the streets. Walensky's an alien, you get the point. So what do you do? What do you do? You keep pushing back. Not only do you do stateside what DeSantis is doing right here, but then there are actual journalists. I, this is so spectacular. This is so absolutely spectacular. Uh, Rebel News, which is up in Canada, it's one of the non-state funded journalist outfits, and I can actually say journalists without going like this, up in Canada, they do great, great work. Ezra Levant, who has been on the show many times, and he's a friend of mine and a great guy, he is out there with the team in Davos, on the ground, asking these guys questions. Here's Avi Yemeni, who's one of the guys at Rebel, uh, hunt, basically hunting down Borla, and watch journalism in action. This is journalism, completely uh, against what we just saw with that Bloomberg hack. Mr. Borla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. Why I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit of rain. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? 
those are great people right there. So I want to give credit to Ezra Levant, of course, who was asking the initial questions, and that's Avi Yemeni who's doing the follow-up there. You know what's so interesting too? So this Borla guy can go on these ridiculous corporate press things and just spread more nonsense. And he has these, these fake hack journalists who sit there and don't acknowledge anything bad that happened, but oh, oh but you can do more and we can give you more of our attention and, and, and money and pay and all of that stuff and our, and our literally our bodies. If Borla believed in anything he has sold to us in these last three years, why wouldn't he have just stopped for one second? Like if you if you created a product, a vaccine that is working, that is doing anything remotely close to what you said, why wouldn't he have just stopped for one second and said, oh, thanks for the question, Ezra, that's actually pretty easy. Uh, the efficacy is this. Uh, it was a little bit off perhaps what we thought it was gonna be, but, but he can't, he can't. So that's actual journalism. And if you wanna see even more journalism, this is absolutely wonderful. I saw this yesterday. A Japanese independent journalist, her name is Masoko, uh, Masako Ganaha, I hope I pronounced that right. She actually confronted Palpatine himself. That's right, Shiv Palpatine, Klaus Schwab, was wandering around Davos and she went up to him. This is just beautiful. I'm from Japan. Yeah. And may I uh, ask you for a comment? No, we're, we're on our, we're no, on our way to the next thing. We're a bit late. Uh, oh, I but can thank just you. walk with thank you, you and then ask oh, questions. I think we're gonna, we're gonna rush actually, but thank you. Uh, Thanks very much. Uh, which which uh, media are you with? Uh, I am an independent journalist from yeah, Japan. No, thank you very much. <laughs> yes. I have um, to ask. Thank but you. Thanks, but thank you. It's the face of evil. And did you get that part at the end? Which journalist, uh, which are you with, right? And when she says, I'm an independent journalist, that's when he freaks out because he knows if she's a corporate journalist, if she, if she had said, I'm with Bloomberg. Well, you're good to go. You're not gonna ask a question. You're gonna prop me up and I'm an independent journalist. I might ask you something true. And these people cannot be asked anything true. They can only be sucked off, but the sucking must stop. Uh, so speaking of Klaus Schwab, uh, one of the things that he has done quite effectively, and you do have to give the devil his due, he has sent his minions across the Western world. And he has sent people who learn his globalist ideas to places like Canada with Justin Trudeau and places like New Zealand with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. She is the woman who, uh, you may remember the video at the height of COVID said, do not believe anything unless we tell it to you, we the government. Uh, anyway, here's a little video of her. She is a WEF stooge. Here's a little video of her past COVID authoritarianism and you'll, you'll see why we're showing you this in just a sec. David Seymour has met with some of the so-called leadership of this um, protest. Do you think that emboldens the protesters and do you think it's a responsible thing to do? No, I don't think it was a responsible thing to do for a party that purports to be the champion of law and order or indeed uh, businesses to meet with those who are obstructing Wellingtonians from going about their everyday lives, bullying and harassing people who are trying to go to school or work. Everything's been really good. Yeah, and people are behaving themselves. Yep, everything's looking really good from what we've seen. Yeah, caring for each other. The vibe is very, is very nice. Bullying and harassing people who are trying to go to school or work. I trusted the government and then I was forced to, to take this because I was losing my job. If we weren't coerced and brainwashed into getting these vaccines, he could still be alive. If we weren't forced into making a choice between our jobs, incomes and livelihoods, he could still be alive. Bullying and harassing people. If you want summer, if you want to go to bars and restaurants, get vaccinated. If you want to get a haircut, get vaccinated. Bullying and harassing people. If you want to go to a concert or a festival, get vaccinated. If you want to go to a gym or a sports event, get vaccinated. Obstructing Wellingtonians from going about their everyday lives. If you are not vaccinated, there will be everyday things you will miss out on. She is the face of evil, just like Klaus Schwab is the face of evil and Justin Trudeau is the face of evil. With her, uh, you can see it. You, you can see the evil that has, go Google this after the show, find videos of, and images of her from five years ago to now. They have sucked the soul out of this woman's body, and that's why she looks like the face of death. She looks like the Grim Reaper. Um, we have to finish the show a little bit quicker today because I got a couple things going on, so I want to do this fairly quickly. Uh, here she is, this short video, uh, talking about two classes of citizens that they were going to have in New Zealand. So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like, uh, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people, if you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is, so, yep, yep. 
showing you this? I'm showing you this because this woman who it, all of her actions are very much like Justin Trudeau's, right? He was calling all of the people who were against his mandates, all of the worst things in the world. She wanted in a place like New Zealand, people to be vaxxed, to be at outdoor concerts and everything else. Well, something has happened, people. And here's the good twist on this thing. She announced her resignation last night. Enough people are stepping up. People are not swallowing the nonsense anymore. And this, this Joy Behar, you think Kevin McCarthy's soulless? No, no, no. This soulless woman who, who abused her own citizens, abused her power, she's now stepping down. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And then my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. See the pain on her face. She either knows that she sold her soul or she knows she's done something evil or she knows that people died on her watch or something. Uh, here's what the meme makers of the internet did with that clip. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And then my term as Prime Minister We'll conclude no later than the 7th of February. Getting rid of these people. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but she's gone. Trudeau will be gone soon enough. There are real journalists like Ezra Levant and Avi Yemeni and people at, at Rebel that are doing the work while the corporate media fails us at every level and it carries water and runs cover for these people. I will not stop. I hope you will not stop. We've got a post-game show coming up right now at rubenreport.locals.com and I'll see the rest of you tomorrow. We need to scale up climate finance, but we need desperately to scale down anti-climate finance. Only thing you need to study is your ass. I got a big ass, your mama got a big ass. Please, you do have a big ass. Enough already, enough. <laughs> Baby's got a little gas. <laughs> we are still subsidizing the burning of fossil fuels. Yeah, the only I'm trying to say is that scientific breakthroughs are occurring all the time. And the only thing about to break through is your ass about to break through the seat of your pants. <laughs> and we need to rein in the anti-climate activities of the fossil industry. Dude, wait, get healthy, get in shape. Get everybody looking all anorexic talking about that's healthy. I know what healthy is. We need new leadership at the World Bank. You can sew up your stomach and your asshole, you're gonna always be fat. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.